Alright, I want to I wanna continue on this topic that I started last Sunday morning, talking about touching heaven, touching heaven, and it's very important that, that, that we continue that, and I'm not going to recap what I, what I preached last Sunday, if you, if you missed it, go watch it on YouTube or Facebook, it's there, but we talked about Moses touching heaven for the saints in Israel, and how many know that, that, that prayer makes a difference, prayer changes lives of people. And we found Moses, that as long as Moses had his hands above praying, that they were winning the battle. And when their hands were down, they were losing the battle. And, and prayer is the difference. And he had people who were lifting him up in prayer, helping him up to continue that. But this morning, I want to continue moving on for a few moments before the children sh uh, come in in the building and we pray for them. And uh, I want to talk to you on this topic of Abraham touched heaven for the sinners in Sodom. And you know, uh, in, in Genesis chapter 18, verse 20 to 23, and I'm not going to read all of it, I'm just going to uh, just recap here. Uh, the text of this passage, Abraham prayed for the sinners in Sodom and Gomorrah. He touched heaven on their behalf. He only needed 10 souls to Sodom would, be, would have been spared. Think of that. Think about it for a moment. There was only, if he can only reach 10 people, 10 of them, God will spare that, that, that nation. For example, there was Lot, Mrs. Lot, two unmarried daughters at home, and at least two married daughters and their husbands. That is eight. All Lot had to do was win two more in, in Sodom, and the city would have been spared. What, what a tragedy. What a tragedy that his witness was so poor that all but three perish. Think about it. You know, sometimes we, we need to understand that we need to lead people to the Lord. We need to pray for people. And, and hear what happened. Lost people need someone who knows the Lord is praying for them. You know what? We need to lift up a generation today that maybe... Maybe it feels like it's not going to make a difference. You know, we live in a world today where, where many people are away from God and they feel like they're, they're further, further from God. But I tell you what, if we don't pray for them, how, how are they going to draw closer to God? If we're not making a difference in praying for them, instead of, instead, of, instead of criticizing them and talking bad, what about if we lift up this generation before God and say, God, you can make a difference in their lives. And you may wonder if your prayers matters when it comes to the matters of someone else's salvation. It does matter. It does matter. Your prayer makes a difference. When, when it's mostly certain due, it, it does make a difference. And it does. You see, your prayers touch the heart of God. And He, is in, he in return touches the heart of man. When we pray up and say, Lord, we lift up the prayers, God hears our prayers. And, and when He hears our prayers, He returns back and touches the heart of people. It, it is prayer that makes the difference. Oswald Sanders said it. It is possible to move men through God by prayer alone. It is possible to move men through God by prayer alone. You know what? No matter how far from God you are, no matter how cold you are from God, you start interceding for them. You start praying for them. And I tell you what, it's going to make a difference. God's going to get a hold of them. 
How many of you have been praying for a child that it was away from God, but now they're, they're, they're in the presence of God? Maybe, maybe you're praying for a daughter that was away, away from God, but you keep praying, you keep believing, you keep trusting God, and now they're in church, or now they're serving the Lord. Because you know what? Prayer makes a difference. Prayer changes the hearts of men in the hearts of women. Prayer can change any situation, but we need to pray. Selden Baxter once said, Men may despise our appeals, reject our message, oppose our argument, but they are helpless against our prayers. How true that is. You know what? People might turn against you and, and they want to slam the door on you, but I tell you what, they can't stop prayer. They may curse you, slam their door in your face, turn a deaf ear to your witness, and so on and so on. But they cannot oppose your prayer as they ascend you to your Father's throne. But I tell you what, you don't quit praying. You just keep pushing. You keep bombarding heaven on their behalf. And my friend, they will turn. They will hear from God. But we have to pray. We have to intercede. God helps us to carry a great burden for those lost in sin. Man, I tell you what, there's people who are away from God. There are people that you know, that I know, they're, you know, loved ones, they're away from God. But we need to pray and lift them up in prayer. I tell you what, we, you know what, if I can get this in your heart, and, and, and you know what, if, if one thing I can get is pray for them. Don't give up. Prayer makes a difference. But they cannot oppose your prayers as they ascend to your Father throne think about it man how many of you have been rejected how many of you have been you know if you ever done anything like street witnessing on the past or whatever you know what people can reject you but i tell you what as long as they can't stop your prayers can i get amen you can pray you can pray and they can't stop it god helped us to carry a great burden for those lost in sin they cannot pray for themselves and they need someone who will stand between them and hell and say, as long as I live and I have breath in my lungs, you will not pass this way. You know what? They say, you know what? You are not going to be lost because I am interceding. I am praying. I'm standing in the gap between the living and the dead. We lift them up in prayer. That's what we need to do. Not to give up. A certain Scottish man who have lived a very worldly life was going over the records left by his father, a very wealthy man who have just passed away. He noticed that his father had given large sums of money to an orphanage operated by George Moeller. He decided that his father might want him to continue to give to the work, so he decided to pay them a visit one day. It just so happened that when he got there, there was a revival meeting going on for, for the boys and the girls in that home. He sat there and listened to the sermon, and he was convicted of his sins. He came to Jesus that day and was saved. When he stood up to give his testimony of his conversion, the workers in that home were not surprised. They say, for 38 years, George Muller did not cease to pray for you every day. 
You know what? You don't give up. You don't give up. Here this man who was away from God, but he heard the message of salvation. For 38 years, his father had been praying for him. My friend, I tell you what, it, people can still come to God. Prayer makes a difference. Prayer makes a difference. Mace Jackson told of a preaching, a preaching. He was preaching in a certain meeting and of using Matthew 18, 19 as his text. He said that after the service, a little boy met him at the door and asked him if he really believed that verse. Brother May said, I, I sure do. When the little boy proceeded to tell him that his dad had abandoned him and his mother for a life of drink and women. He said that he had not seen nor heard from his daddy since he left. He told the preacher that he wanted to see his daddy saved more than anything in the world. He asked Brother Mace to agree with him and claim that verse to see his daddy saved. But he wanted to claim that verse and believe that God would save his daddy before the meeting ended on Friday evening. Brother May said he was ashamed to admit to the little boy that he, in his, in his doubts, but he agreed to agree with the little boy that his daddy will come to Jesus. When Brother May said that every night, what he preached, that little boy said on the front row and said, Matthew 18, 19. He will come by at the back of a door and say, Matthew 18, 19, preacher. My daddy is going to be saved. Brother May said the whole thing made him nervous. That he was afraid that the little boy was going to be very disappointed. Well, Friday evening came. And there had been no sign of the boy's daddy. As Brother May preached that night, the little boy... <clears throat> waved his Bible in the air and kept saying, Matthew 18, 19, over and over. Then as the service was ending and they were about to be dismissed, a man entered the door at the back of the church. The little boy looked around and said, that's my daddy. That man came down the aisle, took his estranged wife by the hand, came by and came by and grabbed the little boy and fell in the altar, repent of his sins, and gave his heart to Jesus. My friend, you don't give up. You don't give up. Prayer can change things. Prayer can turn around things. It doesn't matter how far away or how difficult it looks. You keep believing. You keep praying. You keep trusting. And you allow God to do the rest of the work. All you have to do is pray and allow God to take care of the details and take care of the rest because you don't give up. You don't give up praying. You don't give up believing. And I'm glad this morning that some folks refuse to give up on me. I'm glad that they pray and they touch heaven for me. Are you touching heaven for lost sinners this morning? Aren't you glad that somebody prayed for you? Aren't you glad that you maybe you're sitting here this morning because somebody was praying for you? People get saved when people pray. We need to pray for the lost. We need to pray for those who are away from God. So don't give up. God is listening and His time, they will come. They will come in their time. Maybe not in our time. You know what? I've seen people come to the Lord after people have been gone. 
they have, they have gone and gone with Jesus. And after that, people still come to the Lord because prayers are, 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 are echoing through the throne of God. You know what? Even though they might be dead, but you lifting up those prayers and those prayers are echoing through the, through the heavens about their soul or loved one, my friend. You don't quit. You don't give up. You keep believing. You keep trusting God that God can do the impossible. I just believe that your, your burden is an, an extension of God's plan to save their soul. Man, you, you know what? We, we, it's, it's that burden that we get, that zeal. Pastor there was singing that song about set me on fire. You know what? Set us on fire, God. Set us on fire for, for souls. Set us on fire for our family. Set us on fire for our children and, and our grandchildren. God, set us on fire that we can see things different and have a different perspective. Not, not just the same thing in and out, but, but to see something radical in our life. To see a transformation in our, in our spirit. My God, church, no, don't we get tired of the same formality, same thing? Man, we, we want to touch the throne of God that we experience a, a, a supernatural encounter with the Lord that is just not church as usual, but my friend, that we lift up heaven, that we see the lost being saved, the, the sick being healed. My friend, a transformation that takes place in our churches. But it's prayer that we don't give up. We don't kid. We don't give up. You know what? The next one, real quickly, before the children come in, is this Hezekiah touched heaven for the, for the suffering in Jerusalem. In our text, 2 Kings chapter 19, verse 14 through 37, just write it down. This context of these verses, Jerusalem is threatened by, by the king of Assyria. If he's allowed to attack them, the people of Jerusalem will suffer untold trials and brutality. However, King Hezekiah turns to the Lord God in prayer and prevails. The Lord hears him, answers him, and moves in power. The angel of the Lord, thank God for angels, amen. The angel of the Lord slayed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers in one night. I tell you what, when the Lord is on your side, it doesn't matter who's against you. One angel in one night, he killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. Now, when you think about soldiers back in the day, this was men-to-men -men combat soldiers. Not a little wimpy Pee Wee Herman guy in the back seated in a, in a, in a <laughs> I should have not said that. Some guy sitting back there in a, in a control place controlling drone airplanes. These were serious soldiers who were, man, they, they were built for battle. And 185,000 Assyrians were, were killed by one angel. One angel in one night. And, and he, not only he killed the, the soldier, but he killed the king of Syria. And, and he also, you know, killed his own sons. God spread the people of Jerusalem because one man touched heaven for them. You know what? God spared them. 
God spared them because one person was able to intercede and touch heaven on their behalf. You, you can't tell me there is no power in prayer. You can't tell me that prayer cannot stop a situation or, or, or a thing that was about to happen in your life. But you prayed and God interceded and stopped it just in time because you were lifting up the name of Jesus. I tell you what, every time my children go somewhere and they're driving to go to work or whatever, you know what, I pray before they leave. I say, God, whatever's in their way, God, you let your angels go before them. Lord, prepare their path. Lord, cover them with your precious blood. You know what? Who knows? Who knows how many, how, how many things have been prevented? Come on. Who knows how many things have been prevented because somebody was praying for them? You know what? You need to lift up the name of Jesus. You need to pray for your children. You need to pray for your spouse. That God will cover them with your precious blood. And that's what we're going to do at the end in a few moments when we lift up our children and protect them. Because who knows what's ahead or what's around the corner. But we're going to plead the blood of Jesus that God will cover them. That God will protect them. That God will keep them safe. Whew. My Lord. Oh, and why am I getting so excited this morning? Because I believe in the power of prayer. There's prayer. That can turn things around. I want you to remind you this morning that some of God's people are walking through deep valleys. Some of them have burdens and are carrying loads that the rest of us cannot even imagine. You don't know what the person next to you, in front of you, behind you are going through this morning. You don't know what kind of burdens they're carrying this morning. But I tell you what, a lot of us are carrying something this morning. They need someone who will stand up for them in the day of their battle and go to God on their behalf. You know that we stand up and believe that God, you know what, I don't know what they're going through and I don't know what they're facing, but oh, I know that you are faithful. That you are a faithful God. They need someone who will pay the price in prayer for them and keep them, keep them, keep them shoulders in, from their, in their burdens that they have in their shoulders. They need someone who will touch heaven for them. Man, you know what? How I many you know when you're down and discouraged, you don't feel like praying? Oh, don't look at me that way. You know what I'm telling? You know, when you're down and discouraged, you don't feel like praying. But I tell you what, but when somebody else pick you up and pray for you, you know what makes a difference? I mean, there's times, I'm, I'm going to be honest with you, even as a preacher, I don't, there's times I don't feel like praying because I'm, maybe I'm down, I'm discouraged. But I tell you about when you know there's people praying for you, when there's people who lift you up, you know, and, 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 and you keep going another day and don't give up because there's people praying for you, prayer makes a difference. They need someone who will touch heaven for them. When Duet Eisenhower was a little boy, he was afflicted with polio. The doctors told his mother, a devoted Christian, that he might never walk again. The mother refused to believe that word of those doctors and threw herself across the sick boy of her son, and she began to call on God. She said, Lord, you, don't, you didn't send this boy here for him to be a cripple. You sent him into this world for a great purpose. Touch him and, and, and deliver him. Well, God did deliver him, and God did use his life in a mighty way. Eisenhower was the great architect and leader of the D-Day invasion of Norm Normandy, 
Normandy that marked the turning of the tide in World War II. Eisenhower was able to accomplish what he did because somebody touched heaven for him. <clears throat> you know what? We need to touch heaven for somebody. Friends, we need to be in the business of touching heaven for our brothers and our sisters who are fighting the battle of life. You know what? There is people going through stuff that you don't have no clue, but we need to lift them up. After all this, this is the clear command of the Lord. In Galatians chapter 6, verse 2, it says, Carry each other's burdens, and this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. In other words, we carry each other's burdens. You know what? We as a church, we're just not a group of people. We're a family. We're a family that we all go through trials and tribulations. You know what? You get a new car, we're going to celebrate with you. You know, you get a new promotion, we're going to celebrate with you. You, you lose a loved one, we're going we're gonna to grieve with you. You know what? Because we are a family, and the Bible tells us, carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. Never are we more like Jesus than when we are loving others and standing in the gap for them. Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is, is, like, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on those two commandments. We all know someone who is struggling this morning. Are you, are you touching heaven for them? I praise the Lord for every time some touches heaven for this preacher. You know what? Man, you know, I need prayer. I, I, I'm, I'm not only dealing with my I'm not only dealing with my own demons, but I have to deal with Leon's demons and Ron's demons and you know what and and and, and Tomas demons and you know and everybody's demons. You know what? I have to fight their demons too. So we need prayer, amen. We need prayer. Man, we, we, we need to pray. You know what? We need to touch heaven for somebody else. Are you touching heaven this morning? For someone else, saints? I mean, are you, are you touching heaven for your son or your daughter this morning? Or your, or your son-in-law or your daughter-in-law or whoever? You know what? We need to touch heaven for them. They need to experience the power of God. And the last thing is this. Teach it, Jesus touched heaven for the souls in sin. In Luke chapter 23 verse 34 says this. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. And they divided up his clothes by casting lots. The context of this passage, our Savior has been brought to Calvary. He has been nailed to the cross to atone for the sins of humanity. He, was, he, was, he, ha, he has been submitted to the cruel torture of his tormentors. Without opening his mouth in protest. And that's something. Man, they're doing all this to him and he never opened his mouth. When he does speak, it's not to condemn, but he touches heaven for those who crucified him. This is perhaps the greatest prayer ever prayed. Imagine for a moment what's going on in heaven. Imagine a father watching his son die for the lost sinners. Imagine the holy angels waiting on a word from their creator to go and rescue the Lord. Instead, we have the blessed Lamb of God 
who is giving his life for the lost, lifting his voice to pray for the forgiveness of his tormentors. What grace, what love that Jesus would touch heaven for those who have, who have, who have hated him, you know, who, who have crucified him. You know what? His glory is beyond the ability of human vocabulary to describe. Think about it. After they've done all this to him, he still speaks with kindness. Thank God when Jesus hanged there on that cross that day, he touched heaven for me. He finished the task the Father has sent him. Come on, Daryl. That he has sent him to accomplish in John 19, 30. He reached up to heaven to satisfy just the demands of God for, for the sin. Then he reaches down to love those who, have, who are dying in the world to offer salvation, full and free, to all those who would come to him by faith. And that's amazing. Then after he died, he was buried, and three days later, he rose victorious over the grave, and, and then ascended back to heaven to touch heaven for us once and for all. Church, I am grateful for the day when the Lord, when the Holy Ghost made it clear to my soul that Jesus have touched heaven for me. You know what? Jesus touched heaven for us, and we need to touch heaven for other people too. They need to hear the gospel of hope. You know what? Have you ever had that? Have you had those people who are just annoying people? You know, they just kind of nagging, 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 nagging. You know what? Sometimes they get away because they nag, right? You know, they, they just nag until they wear you down and you just give them what they want. Anybody not talking about this morning? You know what? That's what we need to do with God. Say, God, you know what? We're going to bombard heaven. We're going to be bombarded heaven. We're going to pray and pray and believe and believe and pray and pray and believe and believe until we see results take place. That's what we need to do. Let me close with this before the children come on in. One Sir Walter Riley made a request of the Queen of England. And she impatiently answered, Riley, when will you live off begging? Sir Walter replied, when your majesty leaves off giving. And his request was granted. You know what? Sometimes we just keep pushing. Amen. We just keep believing and pushing until we see results. Get up on your feet this morning. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we praise you this morning. We thank you this morning that there is power in prayer. And Father, we believe, Lord, that you will, you can turn things around by, the, by prayer and interceding. And this morning we'll lift up your holy name and we give you the praise and the glory. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. And amen. If you watch